I'm gonna have a hipster moment for a hot second. Okay. I just want to throw it out there. <laughs> I have been preaching the good word of Lizzo since like 2017. Yeah. Um. One of our very first playlist episodes, you were like, "Listen to Lizzo." Our first best of. Yeah. Was Boys by Lizzo. It was, yes. And I was like, you need to watch this video. You need to understand. Like, I remember earlier that year she put out fitness. I was like, guys, watch this video. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. I remember back in 2016 when she put out her EP and had Worship on it, Worship mm-hmm. Me. And I was like, this is a fucking jam. And then yeah. I was listening to her other songs. I'm like, she's really good. Uh-huh. And at one point, I'm just like, why isn't this a thing? <laughs> why aren't people paying more attention? And then... Fast forward three years, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I love Lizzo!" I'm like, "Fuck you!" I was here first. <laughs> I was listening to Lizzo before any of you people. I mean, that's not entirely true, but it's mostly true. Yeah, like as you push up your thick rim glass. Actually, I started listening to Lizzo at one of her first EP releases from Atlantic Records. So, what were you listening to? Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, were you listening to Taylor Swift's new thing? Isn't that cool? It's not. It's still not. I don't like Taylor Swift. And I never will. And she just re-released her album and everyone's losing their shit over it. And I'm like. Everybody really like. You know. No. I. No. We're not talking about Taylor Swift. Couldn't care less. Do not take away the spotlight of Lizzo for Taylor fucking Swift. Yeah. No. 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 Welcome to Rock Candy. (laughs) Where we highlight people who deserve it. Exactly. Your weekly podcast, bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And yeah, this week we're talking about real queen, real goddess, real fucking amazing human being, Lizzo. (laughs) Yes, the rumors are true. We're talking about Lizzo tonight. I also figured it was good to talk about Lizzo kind of in tandem, in contrast in with, a juxtaposition with Rosetta Thorpe, with Sister Rosetta Thorpe. Tharp, I'm sorry, because they're both very amazing, honorable women who, who are, are like, extremely good at their craft. Very good at their craft, unabashedly black. Yeah, like just proud of who they are. Yeah, and like positive messages for days. True. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, these two women, I feel like, and like. Sister Rosetta Tharp created rock and roll, and uh-huh. I think Lizzo is just reimagining it. Yeah, in for a pop world. <laughs> and in between, I'm going to talk about white men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dio's cool. Dio's great, and like our next artist is fucking amazing. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's our well, you know, it's like it's it's contrasts, contrast, and similarities. The world is a salad. <laughs> It is not a melting pot. It is a salad where every part of the salad needs mm. to be celebrated. A salad? So I'm like, I'm putting I'm putting in like little like pecans in the salad and like maybe a little You're bit putting of the flair in the, the salad. The crayons. And then you've you're got putting the, the Ric Flair in the salad. Woo! <laughs> but you're putting in like the very reliable tomato. The yeah. beefsteak tomato slices that you need in a salad because you need that beefiness. Yeah. And that crunchy iceberg, mm. but also some 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 romaine and maybe some oh. some arugula. Oh, you spicing up with base? arugula? I am base, but spicy. <laughs> spicy base. Spicy yes, you base. are. I'm spicy you base. You will be. Yeah. Next week, you will be spicy yeah. base. You're the Ric Flair. I'm the spicy base. All right. Boom, 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 boom,
Wow, yeah. Um, speaking of spicy, except not at all. It's not spicy at no, all. No, it's not. But but it's a good reliable. It is a good reliable. <laughs> it really is. This week, drinking a juice bomb. Yeah, the OG juice bomb. From Sloop honestly. Bruin. Yeah, honestly, like, I think this is where juice bomb came from. I mean, I don't know if they are the original, but they definitely fucking started that shit on the East Coast. Oh, wow. I'm surprised this is 6.5, actually. Yeah, six point five is um that's a lot. I totally for, an IP, for a little baby IPA like this for a baby IPA that is as prevalent as it is on the East Coast. I am quite surprised at six point five. Honestly, I would have I would have tagged her at a five, at best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. I and again, like I get it. We don't like IPAs, but I guess Juice Bomb is one of the lesser offensive. ones. I would say it's even not offensive. Like I can. I would actually probably rather drink this, like, than s- certain lagers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are certain dad beers, and I'm like, I don't want to touch that, but I would be all oh, about yeah. drinking this there's instead. A lot of, there's a lot of piss beers out there. Yeah. Are. There's plenty of, like, what's that one that we hate? Ellicott? No, Ellicott. No, Ellicott's fine. Well, there's one brewery that, like, every time, like, somebody brings it over, I'm like, oh. But it's an IPA. It's not even an IPA. It'll be like a wheat beer. And I'm like, I don't want to drink it. It's going to be bad. <laughs> I'll have to find it afterwards. It'd be like, it's this brand. And you're I like, mean, oh, yeah. Th- there's several, honestly, at yeah. this point. There are so. several brands that I would li- be like, I'd rather just have like a juice bomb. Because it is. It's very just smooth, easy peasy. If you haven't had a juice bomb by now. And at this point, it's popular enough where if you go to a bar and it's just taps full of basic bitch beers and a juice bomb and a juice bomb getting a juice bomb oh every time even me if that's all there is that's like relatively okay Mm -hmm. getting a juice bomb yeah at least like you're gonna enjoy yourself right I can enjoy and at least it's 6.5 and not (laughs) 4.5 but like a shock top she says that she's (laughs) sitting here drinking a nine percent seltzer yeah you're a you're a brave woman I am a high tolerance woman that too at this point so anyway now with that out of the way let's get into the story of Lizzo all right I'm gonna preface this episode (laughs) by saying this was much more difficult than I thought it would be yeah because Lizzo is a newer artist, and it's not like it was hard to find stuff on her and that there was nothing to find. There was plenty to find. But the problem is that, like, one article will talk about this aspect of her life, but then this article will talk about a different aspect. And then this interview, she talks about this, but then that yeah. interview, she talks about that. You have about 20 articles with, you know, 30 different nuggets in yep. each one mm-hmm. and it's very hard to put those in order yes and that's a big reason why we don't do a whole lot of newer artists oh yeah because like nobody at this point has written a biography on lizzo that we can just get from the library mm-hmm. and read it in a week and do notes on it can't quite do that no. we have a gazillion internet articles oh my God. From a gazillion different publications and like... Oh my God. And like I had to watch probably 20 Lizzo interviews, which is fine. And, I mean, and she's you a have delight. a bazillion different YouTube videos and it's like you have to go through every single one and yep. take the shit you can use and put it in order. And mm-hmm. that takes a long fucking time. Making sense of the order is probably the hardest thing. Yes. The point is, I did my very best to make a comprehensive story of Lizzo uh-huh. as full 
and interesting as I could. And well, linear. Linear, actually, is a better word, because yeah. I don't need to do much to make it interesting. This story's fucking interesting. Oh, yeah. It's fucking Lizzo. Of yeah. course it's interesting. Of course it is. But yeah. So with that said, let me start. It seems like almost overnight, the world came to know a woman named Lizzo. She raps, she sings, plays flute, writes her own bangers, dances as if everyone is watching, acts, and pretty much everything in between. She has become beloved for her catchy tunes, endearing social media presence, and progressive activism. Best of all, she's still young and just at the beginning of her career. But let's not overlook the fact that it is no mere fluke that this woman made it to where she is now. As a woman... Or no mere flute. I'm sorry. I will see myself out. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice. That's fucking hilarious. As a fat woman who is proudly black and unabashedly nerdy, it should come as no surprise when I say this journey was not an easy one. It was in Detroit, Michigan on April 23rd, 1988, when Sherry Johnson Jefferson gave birth to her and her husband Michael's third child, Melissa Vivian. Her name was something Michael had dreamt about before her birth. So her parents (laughs) Really? Melissa was something you dreamt about? (laughs) Melissa Vivian? Uh, Okay. I don't know. It seemed... He liked it. Vivian's cute. I like it. I'm not maligning Melissa, but it's just like... (laughs) It's a pretty common name to well, dream I think, about. Like, he, what he means is like he dreamt that his daughter was named Melissa Vivian. Okay. So they were like, oh, if I dreamt it, we should go with this. Don't dream it. Be, be it. it. And he didn't want her to dream it. She wanted her to be she, it. She done Bennett. She done Bennett. Melissa's home was a musical one with her mother active in the choir. Coincidentally, it was the Church of God in Christ. Cogig. What? <laughs> From Sister Rosetta Tharp. It's the same oh, really? church. No yeah. shit. Yup. Oh, fuck. You all right? Well, this church. Connection. <laughs> this church done shout out some real good ones, I they guess. They really did. Good for you, Kagig. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a silly name. It is. And while her father wasn't particularly musical himself, he absolutely loved rock and roll. So yeah, this combination. Yeah, sounds. yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is wrong with me? You drank a nine percent. I did. All right, continue. <laughs> so yes, she had a lot of diversity in her musical taste growing up. Clearly, awesome. At one point, Michael had a lofty idea to have a family band, but that never really went anywhere outside the realm of his daydreams. But he always kind of had this like, wouldn't it be great to have a family band? That's cute. Like. Partridge family meets Jackson 5. I think that's what he was thinking. Probably. Which is adorable. It's adorable, but it never works out the way no. you want it to. And thankfully, he never pursued it. Good. So, that was fine. Melissa didn't immerse herself into any music right away, but she was still a creative child. When she was little, she thought about being a writer and, in fact, would stay up really late some nights writing stories and just sitting at her desk scribbling away. Oh, it was adorable. That's cute. Around the age of 9 or 10, the Jeffersons packed up their home and kids and moved down to Houston, Texas to continue expanding their family business. New in town, Melissa started off a bit lonely and would spend a lot of time listening to the radio. Girl, I know that feel. So this was 90s? 
Yeah, so this is oh, like yeah. this was prime, late nineties. This was prime radio time. Oh yeah, I was taping all them shits onto mm. a blank tape off the radio. She was loving that radio and mm. watching all the MTV, sitting there with her finger on the record button, just waiting for that DJ to shut the fuck up <laughs> so you can hit it and get the best version of that song that you can possibly get. Yo, that struggle was real. Very big struggle. Kids don't know. <laughs> So being in Houston, a catch-all for new and upcoming music, she was exposing herself to anything from boy bands to pop to hip-hop. But more than anything, she found a true kindred spirit in the one and only Missy Elliott. Yes. This is just when Missy's, like, making her big fucking splash. Oh, yeah. And Lizzo sees this woman on the screen. She's like, that's me. I want That woman is me. This woman in the crazy sunglasses and trash bag. Yes. I love this trash bag. I mean, honestly, <laughs> who didn't watch fucking the video for Super Duper Fly? And be like, and you're I like, want to be that. That's a trash bag? But it's a really cool trash but, bag. But like, she looked so fucking cool. Only Missy Elliott can make a fucking trash bag. Like, a construction worker's fucking garbage bag. Yeah. Look amazing. She and fucking she did. did it. She did it. So while she was still in grade school, Melissa was asked if she wanted to join the band. She went for it, and when trying to pick an instrument, she found herself drawn to the flute. She says she didn't pick it, but it picked her. This is a much better and um, sweeter story than how Dio got <laughs> his <laughs> first. He's <laughs> like, I like that sound. But also, oh, that's the trumpet. Oh, fuck. I want to imagine, <laughs> I want to imagine a world. Like an alternate timeline where, where Dio Dio's and on the Lizzo trumpet and are in the same the high school band. Yup. And they just like, hey, you want to start a band? Yeah, let's fucking start a band. And like tiny little Dio is looking up like, yeah, I want to start a band. Oh my God. That's just like, adorable. She'd just be like, come on, sweetheart. I'm going to show you the ropes. Come on, little baby Dio. <laughs> let's go. Again, why is no one drawing these pictures for <laughs> us? Know. You're all letting us down. Someday when this podcast is about 20 years old, somebody's going to discover it and draw all these things. And we're going to be like, what? What? <laughs> what? I don't remember any of this. Who am I? <laughs> huh? What? I a podcast? What's a podcast? We'd only be in our 50s. I know, but <laughs> also losing our minds. So, Or well, just complete drunks. Because we're already losing our minds. And complete drunks. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All of the previous ideas of being a writer or even a scientist, because she loved science, mm -hmm. but that all went out the door after picking up that flute. She enjoyed the challenges that the instrument presented her and had fun being part of the school band. And luckily, their teacher would take current pop songs off the radio and transpose them for the band. Oh, she had like a cool music she teacher. She had a very cool music teacher. I had one too until he left and someone who wasn't cool took over. Yeah, and we fuck had that guy. we had a very uncool chorus teacher who made us sing the theme song to Golden Girls, which I did not appreciate at that at that point in time. <laughs> You're like, I appreciate it now. I appreciate it now. I'm like, that's fucking wicked cool. But then like she made us sing like weird ass Renaissance hymns that use thy and doth and weird shit that we did not want to deal with in seventh grade. I feel like a lot of teachers do that, especially on Christmas time. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the students would perform these at concerts that 
pretty much the whole community would go to and they would end up just dancing and partying and getting down See, to this. That's the chorus that I wanted to be part of. Well, it was band, but still. still either to, way. For us, chorus and band was the same concert. Yeah, same. So if It might have been here. I don't know. But Houston's also a pretty big place. So it might have been a fucking, yeah. might have been its own concert. Yeah. Which either way, would have been jam. Unlike most kids that join band, Melissa wasn't satisfied with just learning her parts for songs. She wanted to be the best in her class. Mm -hmm. She obsessed over practicing, but did it kind of with her own interesting twist. Okay. In order to challenge herself, she listened to songs by virtuoso flute player James Galway, also known as the man with the golden flute. Okay. Sure. I I get the impression he probably gave himself that. You know what? No idea. I I hope he did. I hope that's his canon. All right. Maybe. She would take to learning his songs by ear, and after she felt confident, then she would go back and learn the sheet music. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Right? Then it's like you fucking know the song. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know how it's supposed to sound, and then you can put it together with the music notes. That's probably what I would have done had I been able to afford an instrument to play in band. I mean, I did that. I just never went back and covered my bases. I was like, is this wrong? I don't care. <laughs> you never went back and covered your bassists? Get out. <laughs> Spicy bass. fire with the puns today. <laughs> <sighs> this impressed many teachers. But by the time she was in high school, some noticed that while she was talented, she lacked, like, real technique, and they tasked her with mastering that before she could continue on. Okay. So they were like, look, you clearly know what you, the sound should be, but, like, she didn't have, like, the, the breathing, the finesse, like, exactly how to press down on the valves. So they taught okay. her those techniques. Gotcha. So, like, homegirls in high school are fucking virtuoso. Yeah. Like, killing it. Yeah. It makes sense. She was practicing four hours a day. Holy fuck, that's more than Dio did. I know. Move over, Dio. Move over, Dio. Mm. Lizzo's taking your spot. And it's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine with it. Even though Melissa's talent only increased, and honestly, she was the best in her school, she never really had any desire to be a soloist. Like, she didn't want to go to school to, like, you know, be on stage by herself. She wasn't going to go to college and major in flute playing no she was oh okay but not to be a soloist okay because there are plenty of people who go because they want to be a part of an ensemble right but there are also plenty of people who go with the sole purpose of i'm gonna be like a concert flautist yeah i think that's kind of what annie lennox was doing Mm. when she went to to university yeah um she was like i really just like being a part of this orchestra Right. And, and that's this is what I want to do. That's exactly where Lizzo was. She found like the solo, even the thought of being a soloist a bit too nerve wracking. But yeah, she also really enjoyed the collaborative nature of a group. She appreciated the fact that everyone kind of has to lean on each other. Mm-hmm. It's not just up to you. Mm-hmm. And she felt that there was a lot to be gained in that. Mm-hmm. And of course, as one gets into high school, their interests spread out a little. Mm-hmm. Melissa would start small girl groups with her friends just for fun. You know, they do like little raps and hip hop bits. Yeah. They were the first one was called Cornrow Click. <laughs> That's adorable. Yep. And if they were going to have clout, they were going to have to get some sweet nicknames. Oh. 
Yeah. In Houston, there is a certain way to create nicknames where you take the first syllable of someone's name and add an O at the end. So like you would be Asho and I'd be Mago. Nope. (laughs) That does not work. Nope. No, we are not. Okay, Asho. (laughs) Whatever you say, Mago. (laughs) I love it. So initially they tried Mellow, but that really wasn't the vibe. So they decided to go second syllable with Liso, but that really quite wasn't it either. So mm, closer. to add a little spice, a little spicy base, uh-huh. they changed the S's to Z's for Lizzo. That makes sense. And that was it. That works. Then she was Lizzo. Not for nothing, but Jay-Z's track Izzo was also real hot shit at that point. Uh. So that lent to some real zazz for the whole thing. Yeah. H to the Izzo. Izzo. I don't know the right I don't know. I'm, I'm so white and I'm very sorry. Yeah, sorry, know. everyone. Don't. Sorry. I'm sorry, Jay-Z. I'm sorry, Jay-Z. Please forgive us <laughs> for our sins. Don't get it twisted, though. While she was having these hip-hop sessions with her girlfriends, the flute was still a big passion in her life. It's the mid-aughts, and she's trying to live her best dual life. Being As cool. we all are. Mm. Back in 20, like 2004, 2005. Oh, Woo. yeah. Woo. So she was just trying to be like really cool, but she was also a band geek. Mm. She was like doing that perfect balance of both we worlds. Were, we were all straddling our trying to be cool while our geek past was still there. You I know. definitely... I'm still not cool. I'm, oh, yeah. No, I... I <laughs> I did not say any of us were successful at it. <laughs> yeah. But now it's it's cool to be a geek. So, like, we don't have to straddle anything Shake anymore. Shake my fist at the youths. Yeah. But actually, sometimes Lizzo would get teased for not really fitting in. See, she was into rap hip hop, but also liked bands like Radiohead and Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, because she has good taste in music. Right. I mean, she grew up listening to Stevie Wonder and Elton John. So, like, yeah, she's going to be all over the fucking yeah, place. It's kind of like liking Lizzo and also liking Rainbow is, like, not cool, but it is cool. We're doing it. We're fucking doing and it. And we're cool. <laughs> no, we're not. We're all relevant 50-year-old witches. Exactly. Which means we're cool. Yeah. So, while some would just see, like, a black chick and be really racist assholes on one end, she would actually have others claiming that she's too white. So, she kind of had a hard time finding her place. Um, I mean, that's a pretty stereotypical trope for black people to fall into. If they're not, if they're into things that are quote-unquote white, their black friends will be like, come on, why are you so white? I mean... Yeah, like, if you are a black person who really likes Radiohead, I, yeah, you will get made fun of for being too white. I mean, look at Tom York. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him. Just shove a picture in someone's face. Weird ass eyeball, dude. I love his weird ass eyeball, so. So weird. (laughs) At the end of the day, she was still a kid all over the place and frequently late to class. And it was her band teacher who sat her down one day and told her she needed to focus and get it together. Get your shit together. He told her she was capable of being a leader and doing great things. And this really changed perspective for her just a little bit. She regained her focus. The magic of wonderful teachers. Yes. Thank you, good teacher. It's almost like we should pay them more. What? No. Nah. Let's yell at them and make them buy their own school supplies. Yeah. Tell them they're not doing a good job. You suck. That's what makes them work harder, right? 
Still dedicated to the flute, she spent the later high school years studying with principal flautist for the Houston Ballet. God damn. I know. And if that wasn't a resounding affirmation to get her a scholarship for into college, I don't know what is. I, I, I don't know. Just show up and be like, hi, I should be in your college. And like, yes, yes, you should. Yeah. In 2006, she began attending the University of Houston, going for the classical flute dream on a music scholarship. Because of course. Because she should. It was a hard transition for her to go from being that bitch in Uh high school to all of a sudden competing with other very talented musicians. And that shook her confidence a bit. Yeah. It's hard to go from being a big fish in a little pond. From being top flautist at high school to like bottom bitch in uh college yeah right you know it's and when you get back when you get into college whether it's chorus or band or whatever yeah when you're a freshman you gotta fucking you gotta earn pay your, your chops yeah. yeah it sucks mm. especially if you're that fucking talented and you're like but i can do this like mm, you gotta earn it yeah you can't just walk but in show me you can do this yeah and everything's not gonna be good enough and it's nerve-wracking <laughs> i know and it is nerve-wracking because you know she's in an amazing program with other amazing musicians but at the same time, she got into that program because she is on their level. Correct. So it's not like she couldn't get there, but it is hard right. for anyone but to when be like, you, oh, God. But when you're not a narcissistic egomaniac. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you can look you look at other people who are doing the same thing you're doing and you're like, they're so much better than me, even though they're not. There's yeah. you. You're all on the same level. Well, I think thankfully for someone like Lizzo, she can look at people like that and be like, I can learn from you. Yeah. Which is good. Not necessarily that she's not as good, but like, you got shit I can learn from. Yes. I think she appreciates, that's, that's, I think, part of the collaborative nature she appreciates about people. Mm -hmm. I like that about her. Yeah. Finding her footing was proving difficult, though. She realized that it's easier to have a sense of self in high school because, like, your world is just so small. But once you go to college, that world expands greatly. And you discover just how many types of people there really are in the world. Yeah. She had, like, that really good, good, like, expanding experience when she went to college. Yeah. Uh, You know, some people, like me, go to college like, this all sucks and I hate it. It took me a couple years to (laughs) finally appreciate it. You have to go to a public college to really appreciate the diversity that's around. My college was not diverse. Mine very much was. But that's because I went to a public college that was um, art- and humanities focused. Mm. So lots of fucking weirdos. Yeah, we were weirdos, but we were it's also like, just real white. I don't know. Like, my college was a lot of fucking weirdos, but also a lot of normies. It was very strange. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is even better because it makes you realize, oh, there's a lot of different fucking people in this world. Right. And I think that's kind of the experience that Lizzo was having here. Yeah. In addition to the hours she spent practicing the flute, because she doesn't, she didn't give up. She kept mm-hmm. going. Lizzo found herself still dabbling in the hip hop scene, working on her writing and on her flow. And don't forget all the late nights you kind of end up having, either on all nighters on papers or partying with her friends. She was burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Recipe for disaster, milady. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, realizing that the world is bigger than you thought it was. Mm. After a handful of semesters, it got to the point where she was going to have to make a choice. Continue to study flute or pursue a career in rap. 
She ultimately decided to go with the latter and dropped out of college. That also meant putting away her precious flute, Sasha, for a little while. Yes, she named her <laughs> flute after Sasha Fierce, the Beyonce in, personality. That's what it, yeah, I yep. had a feeling. Sasha Flute. Sasha Flute. Fucking adorable. Kill me. I love God. it. Just want to put her in my pocket and take her home. Like, you're so fucking cute. Aww. This crossroads was not the only contributing factor to Lizzo's decision. Her father, Michael, had recently fallen ill with congestive heart failure. Mm -hmm. Sherry ended up moving them away in order to make enough money to cover her husband's medical bills and take care of the family. That should never happen. That shouldn't have to happen. No. Lizzo felt helpless to do something to save her father and was lacking an emotional support system there. So honestly, staying in school just wasn't serving her. She stayed in Houston and started working with other underground artists on creating music, still trying to make it big. But that didn't stop her father. Michael still believed in his daughter and her musical talents, so he would continue to encourage her to play the flute. He believed this was the way for her and thought she would be able to do things with it to completely re-innovate the instrument. He's like, girl, stick with that. You are going to do such amazing things. Mm -hmm. She worked with some local groups trying to hustle, you know, the same old, same old that everybody's doing. She wanted to make money and help her family, pretty much spending nothing on herself and living as slim as possible. Like, girl had nothing. Damn. Despite Michael's shining positivity and the love from his supportive family, eventually doctors said there was nothing more they could do. He rapidly declined, and in March 2010, he passed away. That sucks. Yeah. He seemed like such a fucking nice dude, too. And to have that, like, such a shining beam of positivity and support... It's always the it's always fucking the good people. beacons of support yep. that are like the ones that pass away. Like always. before these people even get their fucking just desserts for what for, for all, all the, the hard work for all the hard work yep. that they're doing. <gasps> yeah, this completely shattered Lizzo's world. She was already at a point where she had been sleeping on friends' couches, but more often than not, sleeping in her car. Ugh. She said, no. like, she had been working with people in studios and legally she couldn't sleep in the studio, so she would just sleep in the car in the parking lot. That sucks. Until she could, like, go back in and start recording again. Because, again, that workhorse mentality, at least. She was still surviving despite having no home and working on her career. But after her father's death, that was it. This was, like, at a complete loss for her. Mm-hmm. She began to lose her hustle and all of her passion. She just didn't feel any of her musical projects anymore. Yeah. She reached an absolute bottom and when talking to her mother on the phone expressed how she just wished she could be with her father. This wasn't meant as some cry of help in terms of like self-harm. Just like a passing comment. Yeah. It's just she was tired. Yeah. And we we all know that feeling like I just you know what if I got into an accident right now I wouldn't even be upset if I died because I'm just tired. Yeah. Like, everyone has those thoughts sometimes, but Mm -hmm. man, it would just be a lot easier if I could just sleep forever, though. Yeah. She just felt like there had to be something more than what she was experiencing. Concerned for her daughter, Sherry begged for her to come to Denver, where she could just stay and hang out until she got back on her feet. Mm -hmm. So she did. That makes sense. Yeah. Be together with the people you love that are feeling the same shit you're feeling. Give yourself a nice, good support system because her family is a wonderful support system for her. Finally, having shelter over her head, she took this time to look inside herself to discover what it was that she truly wanted out of life. 
And for that summer, she was silent. I mean that pretty much literally. Hmm. She cut off communications with all of her friends and pretty much never spoke. It was like three months of silence for her. That's like what monks do and shit. Yeah. Lizzo's a monk. I don't know if you knew that. Instead, she just stopped participating in anything and just took all of this time for introspection. Huh. I know. This is like exactly what the Beatles like went to India for. And she's just like, nah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Like, but the she's Beatles, like, I don't need to spend. The Beatles couldn't figure their shit out. Yeah. <laughs> even with the fucking Maharishi. But Lizzo's just like, nah, I'm going to go to Denver and shut up for three months. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, if they just went to Denver and shut up for three months, they wouldn't have broken up. Dude, honestly. Like, Lizzo knows what's up. She's like, and Homegirl's like, 21 seriously and she's like and no, these, i need some these time. dumbass english fucks are like oh let's fucking you know go to india and hate everything yep. and ringo can throw up everything he tries to eat oh, poor ringo. <laughs> and then we'll just fucking hate each other for the rest of our lives you know what even lizzo because lizzo was a vegetarian now vegan but was just a vegetarian at this point uh-huh. and she even said she's like I was a vegetarian. I ate whatever my friends would give me because I was too broke to, you know, yeah. be picky. Yeah. So, like, even Lizzo was just sucking it up and just doing what she had to do. Looking at you, Beatles. <laughs> Fuck. Looking at you, stupid, rich, white fox who couldn't do shit. Fuck. Yeah, you need to truly be at your low, I think, to make a real change in your life. Yeah. Except the Beatles were at the absolute highest of their careers and they couldn't even change. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Throughout all of this, Lizzo realized what she really wanted to do was sing. So she began to practice by herself with her preferred method of going on hikes and singing B-Day by Beyonce. (laughs) She has a story. I love the constant, like, through line of Beyonce through this whole entire thing. I mean, <laughs> if you need a strong woman to, like, fucking crutch yourself just, on. Yeah, to just kick your butt whenever Missy you Missy Elliott, to- Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. You really can't ask for better role models. I agree. So, it makes sense. Yeah. She has this one story, I guess, like, I think, like, it was a coyote was, like, following her, and she just started singing B-Day at the top of her lugs and chased the coyote away. <laughs> but can you imagine, too, like, she's in Denver, Colorado, hiking around. Like, it must have been beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to fucking find some inner peace in Denver fucking Colorado. But also, like, what do you do in Denver, Colorado to try and find inner peace? You go to fucking nature. Yeah. And probably, like, a couple dispensaries now. Oh yeah, you go you go to the dispensary first. And then you go and into then nature. you go to nature. Yeah. I want to go to Denver now. <laughs> so she spent a few months doing this and working on her mental health. And finally she was ready to go back to Houston and start all over again. Mm-hmm. This time with a new outlook, a new goal, a new motive. She was on it. Mm-hmm. This time she would focus solely on singing. And the most sensible way to do that would be to find a band in need of a vocalist. Mm-hmm. I bet all those years as a flautist helped her with her voice. <gasps> Just like Dio. I'm sorry. I spent way too much time researching Dio, so I'm still like on it. I mean, like that lung power. Exactly. That lung power. Those wind instruments. And then, well, trumpet's a horn. Those horn and wind instruments. Instruments, am I those right? horny wind instruments. <laughs> Band, am I right? <laughs> Bands. <laughs> yes. 
also hiking and singing. Mm-hmm. That's a good workout. She would peruse the Craigslist ads until she found a band to fit her needs or a band that she fitted their needs. Whatever. She found a band on Craigslist. Until she found a band with needs that she could meet. Yes. There we There go. you did it. It was a rock band. And while Lizzo had more than enough love and understanding of the genre, she was still a little nervous. Uh-huh. But she decided this was her time. No one knew her. And she wanted to fully embrace the persona of Lizzo, leaving Melissa behind. Mm -hmm. So with that, she let loose, singing all over the place, high energy performances, ending with her on the floor, giving the crowds everything she had. Even if those crowds were only two people, one of them being her mother, every gig was to be taken seriously. And she commanded that the band always put on a show, even if no one's there, even if the only person who's seeing it is the bartender. She wanted a show. And it's great fucking practice, too. And it's a good way to keep your spirits up. I mean, who wants to fucking play a show and be like, this sucks. I'm going to phone it in. By 2011, the band eventually split up. Everyone just wanting to go different ways and try something new. Mm -hmm. Amicable. Lizzo had met a guy named Johnny Lewis, a musician who was hanging in the Denver area for a minute, hailing from Minneapolis. This all sounds very Johnny Lewis. It is Johnny Lewis. (laughs) He told her the music scene up there is one she might have some interest in. Okay. She took him up on his offer, and she moved up north and began to perform with Johnny as a group called the Larva Inc. Um, Why is it? called that you know what i, I couldn't find i just, look i was tie tie at this point all right i didn't look into why it was called the larva inc maybe the larva because it's like an ever-growing and developing because you're going from the larva stage into like a butterfly i don't know i made that up i have no idea <laughs> you know what that's the story <laughs> they described it as electro funk with lizzo on vocals singing and rapping and johnny providing the instrumentals Okay. Continuing. All of them all at once? Well, it was very electronic. Okay. Like, it was like, you I'm know. just picturing, like, the, the like, cartoon one-man band with a giant <laughs> drum on his back, guitar in his hand, cymbals on his feet. Yeah. Clanking them cymbals together with his knees while she's rapping. <laughs> you know what, though? I bet she'd make that look good. Hell yeah, she would. She'd Hold do on. it all herself. <laughs> and rap. And she'd make it look so good. <laughs> You know, I think she makes that shit look good because she's just having fun. Yeah. And if you just have fun, you still make it look good. Yeah. Even if it's not great. Yeah. Wild. Continuing her love for collaboration that she developed in band, she was not married to being in just one act at the time. As she became more well-known in the area, she was catching the eyes and ears of other blossoming musicians, like singer-DJ Sophia Aris and singer Claire DeLune. One night, Sophia started creating some beats, and Claire and Lizzo just began writing up lyrics. They felt a strong connection there and soon formed the group The Chalice. Their song, Push It, became a local hit, and stations really began backing them to get more airplay and more performances. And they're becoming a hit in the Minneapolis area. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like saying it like, like that. Like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. And next up, we have Lizzo and The Chalice. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Why not put Kermit in there? Why not? I think he. I'm sure. I they think would be it great puts friends. some whimsy into this story. It does a story that doesn't need any more whimsy? But here we go. 
has Lizzo performed with the Muppets? Because if she hasn't yet. Um, it needs to happen. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Electric Mayhem looking at you. <gasps> That's amazing. <laughs> Unfortunately for Johnny, the success of the chalice gave Lizzo less time to focus on the Larva Inc. And soon that group dissolved. <laughs> Better name. I get it. Yeah. And she just I... left for the name. She's like, Larva Inc. sucks. The chalice. You're in. Yeah. The chalice cranked it to 11 right away, getting a lot of notoriety and even stretching their reach to South by Southwest for a performance Ooh, in 2012. Back to Texas. Right? That fall, they would release an EP called We Are the Chalice. Straightforward. <laughs> Straightforward. They're like, we're no, no being no. around the bush here. We're, yeah. We are the chalice. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a struggle at times, though, coming up with music and dances for their performances. Sometimes a rehearsal would just end in a giant argument with everyone vying for a chance to showcase their own sound. Well, that's not how that's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, it happens. Yeah. The way Sophia explains it, Lizzo and Claire seem to, like, kind of have the stronger personalities. And Sophia mm-hmm. was like, I'm just here to hang out and do music. So whatever we do is cool. Yeah. And, like, I get it. You yeah. know, you can eventually start butting heads with yeah. different wanting to do different things or you know the softer personalities end up getting pushed out or yeah. you know something like Sophia that. never got pushed out she's actually Lizzo, one of Lizzo's best friends even today oh, good. and still works with her it's just that like she was like I'm just gonna see where this lands yeah I'm, I'm just vibing over here you yeah. guys yell if you want to right <laughs> Lizzo was feeling a bit of the burnout from working with a group and decided you know what I'm gonna do a little solo work on the side just feel my oats uh-huh and that was when she met Aaron Mazer, also known as Laserbeak, a beat maker and producer. Laserbeak? Laserbeak. Like a uh, laser bird. Like a bird with a laser. I don't know. That's that's what a laser beak sounds like. All right. Laserbeak released some instrumentals that didn't make it onto the album he released with his normal hip hop group, Doomtree. Lizzo heard it and decidedly tweeted that she wished she could afford a laser beak track. And he saw that and replied that it really wouldn't cost her more than a six pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, oh. it's 2012. Uh, I have so many things to comment about this whole interaction. First of all, it's so weird that we're only like halfway through a story and we're talking about Twitter. And well, it's 2012. I know. This is so weird. I I'm feel so like used this to is being... Twitter's heyday, too. Yeah, but I'm so used to being like halfway through and it's like, we're on to 1971. Okay, well. So are you saying this is just refreshing? Because you don't feel like we're slogging through something. This is a Mike's Hard Lemonade of a story. Refreshing. But also only refreshing if you're 21. I was going to say, I'm like, since when have you liked Mike's Hard Lemonade? When I was 21. Same. (laughs) Same girl, same. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Like, really? Like, you couldn't up. Like, that's that's what you ask for? Yeah. Didn't they? You know what, though? I think it just goes to show, like, how fucking chill this dude was. He was like, you know what? That's great. You bring see, some but fucking Mike's hard, we'll fucking make a song together. That is not preventing me from judging him based on his alcoholic <laughs> beverage of choice. I think he was also a big beer drinker. I don't know. I don't I don't what? know. Beer, Mike's hard? Like, no. That, they're not maybe the same. Maybe he just, maybe... 
He just hadn't had a Mike's Hard in a really long time. <laughs> he was like, like, you know what? And at that moment, he's he, like, you know what? I haven't had a Mike's Hard lemonade. I wonder what it tastes like. And you know what? Who wants to buy their own Mike's Hard lemonade? Nobody. So he <laughs> sees this woman who's like, I really want a laser beak track. And you he's know like, what? I could get her to get me some Mike's Hard lemonade and I don't have to take anything out of my own wallet. Exactly. Genius. This we did man, it. This man's a goddamn genius. This man's a goddamn genius. Goddamn genius. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love the idea of just like the way they explain it. They would just like work once in a while, just like do all nighters and order pizzas and drink beers and record. And I'm like, that just sounds like the most fun. Oh, the most fucking fun you could have with anyone. My stomach right now is like, remember those days when yeah. you could drink beer and eat pizza and you'd be fine? No, not I anymore. I don't remember that. So they brought on friend and co-founder of the label Totally Gross National Product, Ryan Olson, to produce. It was almost a kind of fun side project for everybody because they would just work on it at night. Like they would just pull an all-nighter like once or twice a month. And it was just like this perfect release for them from their main gigs. It's like anything Mm -hmm. that was stressing them out in the real world, they're like, hey, you want to like... Just get together and fucking work on these Lizzo songs. Yeah, but yeah also let's like do it. The, the side project that's not stressing you out is the one that's going to take off. What? Because it's not stressing you out. What? No. No spoilers. Sorry. We'll get ready for some real fun. Okay. During this time, the chalice is featured on local news station KARE 11's segment on the musical scene and how it's changing. Uh-huh. The ladies were chuffed as puff just to be a part of this big news story, feeling that it would just help them with their upward trajectory. Uh Uh-huh. Of course. Like, yeah, the news is featuring us. People are going to see us. It's going to be great exposure. And they weren't wrong. Okay. Little did they realize that one very important native to Minnesota was also watching the news that night and Uh, caught their feature. uh, 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 And here's where uh, I want to imagine a silhouette of someone in a large chair, legs crossed, drink in one hand, beckoning with the other, saying, bring those girls to me. Bring me my girls, except it's not RuPaul. It's not RuPaul. Sorry. Mm -mm. (laughs) In a matter of hours, the chalice was receiving word that they were being invited to Paisley Park to work with Prince. Of fuck! Right? What? Prince. The prince. The, the symbol. The, the artist formerly known as Prince. The purple one. The purple one. Yeah. Prince. Yeah. Mm. I love this part of the story. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the story. It's going to be like, well, suck my dick. God damn it. <laughs> it's fucking Prince. It's fucking Prince. At this time in his career, he was really feeling a strong sense of feminism and hired the band Third Eyed Girl to be his backing group. Who was it? They're called Third Eye Girl. Third Eye Girl. Okay. So they were his backup group and he wanted strong female singers and rappers to be featured in his songs. He felt he was going to learn a lot more, a lot quicker from women. I just love the idea that Prince is watching like... (laughs) Minnesota because of course he is because of course he is of course he is like why would I think otherwise of course he's watching local fucking cape local basic cable channels like just sitting there in Minnesota with a drink in his hand still dressed to impress sunglasses on indoors indoors and just watching 
purple robe. Massive fucking TV. Like, like the size of a wall. 70 inch, but like eight of them together. Yeah. And he's just sitting there with one chair in the room. Like a giant armchair just snaps his fingers. Bring me those girls. I like the cut of their jib. Mm. <laughs> Except he wouldn't even say, he'd be like, I want them. Bring I, them. I like the way they move. Bring them. <laughs> Bring them to me. They will not <laughs> say no. I am Prince. Mm. <laughs> and then he disappears. <laughs> Just poops. disappears. Disappears. Easter Sunday, 2013, the Chalice ladies showed up to the studio and played, and they were played a track called Boy Trouble. The producer told them Prince wants them to just make the song their own, and they were given three hours to just go to work. <laughs> take this garbage, make it great. Well, take this greatness, make it yours, <laughs> which is even more intense. Yeah. To be honestly. like, here's this Prince song. He wants you to make it yours. And you're like, but, but it's, it's already perfect. But it's Prince. But it's already Prince. <laughs> yeah. But they did it. Prince was not only pleased with the final product, but really enjoyed getting to know the women. I'm pleased. I am pleased. You may return when I call for you. You may leave. (laughs) You may return when I ask you to. Mm. And by ask, I mean tell. (laughs) And by leave, I mean just go outside until I call you back. (laughs) People were like, and then he made a pancakes. (laughs) So he invited, continued to invite them back to Paisley Park to perform and even have them sit in on a couple private concerts of his own. Lizzo and her mentor stayed in contact after her time in Minneapolis, and later she would state she had no idea about the pain he was struggling with. Yeah. She has a story of um, one of the private concerts. He was playing Purple Rain and just started to cry, and she's like... Prince is crying. He's so emotional. No, he's in fucking pain. Well, and that's the thing. She's like, I think Purple Rain is an emotional song for him. Oh, yeah. And also, like, oh, Homeboy was just constantly in pain. Yeah. And he just, like, stops when he's, like, halfway through the song. He's like, I can't play this at this point. I need to work on my set list. What? Like, this guy is just constantly working. Yeah. It's crazy. After he passed, she actually went back to perform The Beautiful Ones as a tribute for him. Yeah. I just want to stop. So Lizzo is like, I'm going to go back. I'm going back to try. She ends up in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. And when she ends up in Minneapolis, she's like, yo, if I can just meet Prince, that I'm, I'm done. My whole career, everything's worth it. But girl just goes on public access TV. And <laughs> works with Prince. Yeah. Gets to know Prince. Becomes friends with Prince. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking fairy tale dream. Yeah. It's amazing. This is the real fucking fairy tale movie book story <laughs> I want to fucking movie read thing. and watch. Yeah. This is it. It's not like fucking Cinderella. Fuck that shit. I want Lizzo. Lizzorella. But at this point, she still has not become Lizzo. Right. Capital L Lizzo. Correct. But she still states, like, if that's as far as she had gotten, she would be like, oh, that's fuck, great. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just should happy. die a happy person. Seriously. I just made a song with Prince. Yeah. Something fuck I can tell my kids. Great. <laughs> I worked with fucking Prince. And when your kids <laughs> say, who's Prince? You slap them. Yeah. Figure it out. And then you disappear. <laughs> just like Prince. Even though the chalice was seeing their success grow by the day, the general vibe was beginning to fade. 
And if they learned anything from Prince, it was to stay true to their art. So they ended up breaking up in 2013. And this actually ended up working out fine for Lizzo because Mm -hmm. right around the same time, she released her debut LP, Lizzo Bangers, the album that she was working on with Laserbeak and Ryan. Mm -hmm. Her side project. Oh. (laughs) That was just for fun. Yeah. And this album was praised as a breath of fresh air, something that could be at times nonsensical and deep at others. Mm Mm-hmm. She used this as an outlet to get out a lot of the emotions from the past few years, from her father's death to finding herself as a performer in in Minneapolis. It really runs the gamut in the best of ways. So, yeah, turns out the side gig ended up being what was going to be successful. The actual gig. Mm. Yeah. When your side gig turns into your actual gig. Yeah. Which is usually how that works. Mm Mm-hmm. She and Laserbeak were doing some traveling for gigs and started to get invited to small tours. The big one for Lizzo was when she was asked to join the US-UK tour with Harmar Superstar. Oh, no. (laughs) He caught her act and was immediately captured by her magnetism. Okay. Remember when I asked you last night that text? Does that all make sense now? Yeah. So, like... Harm our fucking superstar, okay? <laughs> However, you did not have this feeling about him until like two weeks ago. <laughs> I completely forgot about all this shit. Well, it's so, more recent too. Yeah, so I was re- I was into Harmar Superstar like I don't know, fucking ten years ago or some shit. I mean, yeah, probably ten to twelve years ago. Wow, and like, yeah, time really fun, just like. You know, having a good time, yeah. fun jams. You, you played can bounce that song. Around. It was fun. They were like great fucking jams. And then bro had to go sexually assault people. I don't know if it was a full on assault or if it was um, harassment because I th- I think it was harassment, but I'm not sure. I did not do a deep dive. I think there was inappropriate touching uh, involved. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> whoops. So yeah, full on sexual assault. Great. And his reaction. To some of it was good. Yeah. To others, not good. Mm. And the reaction to the not good ones or the not good reactions to some of them are what negate the good ones. <laughs> the good ones. They absolutely negate it because he's like, that never happens. Like, how the fuck do you know? I mean, not how the fuck do you know, but how, like, why are we supposed to believe you over a victim? Right. Especially when you admit to being drunk. And you admit to, like, doing some of them, but not, I don't know. Yeah, like, if you admit to doing some of them, how, like, I'm glad you admit to it. Yeah, but how are we supposed to but just, But how like, are we supposed to believe you when you're like, no, I didn't do that one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it makes anything any better. Right. Yeah. It's like... <sighs> well, I mean, yeah, so that's more recent. Yeah. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, I think he was, like... I don't know. It seems like he and Lizzo had, I don't know what kind of relationship they have now. If they had a good relationship, that makes me happy. Yes. No. Because this was one relationship where he could fucking control himself. Yeah. Or Lizzo was just like, fuck you, get out of my face, business only. And he was like, all right, cool. That's possible. Yeah. Great. But some other situations were just not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't I can't roll with that, bro. Can't. Well, so he not only had her opening for him, but he would actually have her backing him in his performances. 
This way he could pay her as a member of his band. So she was able to like rent a car and kind of do her thing with her group, which is mainly just Sophia and her. So like she brought Sophia to DJ for her. So like Mm -hmm. he kind of made it possible for Lizzo to make it her show Uh and afford to do that. That's great. Right. That makes me very happy. So like... I, I mean, I, you know what? This isn't a Harmar superstar episode. I'm not going to try to. It's not. I didn't even know who this motherfucker was till (laughs) like last month. (laughs) You motherfucker. I didn't know who he was. I know. I'm so sorry. I didn't. I had no. It's like I'm psychic or something. It's like you gifted me something and then you're like. I just ripped it it. away. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, But I mean, for what it's worth. This was Lizzo's opportunity to take everything she had learned up to this point and truly feel her oats on stage. Right? Like That's she great. Right. This was a great opportunity for her. She discovered how to come out on stage, be the main attraction, but also kind of make everyone else on stage a focus too, from her backup dancers. Yeah. And even beyond that, she learned how to bring the audience to be a part of the performance as well. Like this was her time to have big gigs. Learn who she was, yeah. learn how to perform, learn how to like connect with the audience. And the the great I'm, I'm going to say great thing because I don't know how else to describe it. But the great thing about her touring with Harmar Superstar was that they were on the same wavelength energy wise. Yeah, because like all of that really fun dancey shit you you feel when you listen to a mm-hmm. Lizzo song. He mirrored that in yeah. his music, mm-hmm. which yeah, it makes fucking sense that she would open for him. Mm-hmm. But, like, he had to be a fucking creep. And, like, I don't want to be like that because this is a really great pairing. And, and he did hey, give, he gave her a great opportunity. And we got something great out of it. And, and we, then got we got some, Lizzo. Yeah, we got Lizzo out of we got Lizzo out of his bullshit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take it. It's his situation is very hard to reconcile yeah at and this I, point i honestly don't know enough about it to like make any real comments yeah so i'm not going to okay i'm gonna talk about how cool lizzo is all right we can do that <laughs> let's do that because i don't want to talk about harm our superstar there we go back in the midwest there were still opportunities for her to collaborate though so she and sophia joined forces with a few other female vocalists to create a riot girl rap collective called girl party girl girl pretty <laughs> there's no vowels so many r's it's just r's. no vowels so many r's becoming popular in the local scene they were known for a few solid bops and energetic performances mm-hmm. but this group was really just a flash in the pan for lizzo because at this point her solo career was only getting bigger and her free time was getting smaller nice she was having to choose between group work and solo efforts and of course the latter was gonna win out mm-hmm. 2014 saw Lizzo really committing to the solo grind. She worked on her sophomore album, Big Girl, Small World, which she intended to release on her own label, BGSW, Big Girl, Small World. (laughs) Things started to escalate quickly, like Letterman quickly. In October 2014, she landed a spot as a musical guest on this night show, viewed by millions. Yeah. Girl put on a high-energy performance of bus passes and Happy Meals and topped it off with a big ol' hug for David when she was done. The world was going to see exactly who Lizzo was right out the gate. Mm -hmm. Day one, you knew who this girl was. The following year, Big Girl, Small World. (laughs) Big Girl. Big Girl. It's that 
G-R-R-L. Big girl, small world. Came out to more high praise. (laughs) Noting her ability to rap and sing effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And she wastes no time getting to the heart of important issues. Like with the song My Skin, in which she not only sings about loving her body, but not wanting to wash away its beautiful color. Oh, it's like the beginnings of the body positivity movement. But like the real body positivity movement. Yeah. Not the fake one. Yeah. It's 2015, and the blatant murders of black people at the hands of the police are just becoming more commonly known and discussed. Lizzo wants to use her music to not only express body positivity in in terms of size, but color as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing that she has such a positive message to spread, because her star was finally lighting up for the world to fucking see. In 2016, she was asked to co-host the short-lived MTV show Wonderland, which just featured live performances. Hence why it was short-lived, because, you know, it was music on MTV. And why (laughs) would we do music Ah, on MTV? Zing. (laughs) Got any more time for 20 more Jersey Shore seasons? Yeah, I mean... I mean, their kids are getting older. They're going to have their own show soon soon enough. I don't even know what MTV is used for anymore. Jersey Shore. Is, Is that it? I'm pretty sure. What about all the other, like, 18 MTV channels? Just skateboarding? Yeah. Do kids watch that? No, kids still like the skateboards. <laughs> they still do the skateboards. Skateboard. <laughs> that year, she also worked on her EP, Coconut Oil, which is a stark departure from her previous work. Oh. It's a little less hip hop, a bit more pop song, but just as much of a fucking bop. Mm-hmm. And chock full of messages of self-esteem and body positivity. And not only that, but this was her first release with a major label. Earlier that year, she signed with Atlantic Records. Oh, shit. Yup. The release was well-received and included one of her most iconic songs. Good as hell! Oh, okay. Like I said, I remember when this EP came out, I was like, this shit slaps. <laughs> and honestly, I did. I went back and listened to Big Girl, Small World and mm-hmm. Lizzo Bangers. Like, yes, it sounds different, but it's still so fucking good. And it's still so Lizzo. I remember it was 2016, 2017. And I'm listening to this stuff. And like, I was having a shit time in 2016. Weren't we all? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I even mean before, before even the election. I yeah. mean on a personal level, life life was wild. Yeah. In a bad way. Bad wild. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, I started listening to Lizzo and I'm like, this feels really nice and like affirming. And I'm like, is is this where music is going? Are we gonna start like <laughs> having like because I'm like looking at this big black woman who's just so happy and proud, and I'm just like I want to be you. She just exudes like this amazing fucking energy. And I'm like, I want that. Yeah. I, I'll i talk about it later. It's but not man, just she had influence like, on me. It's not just I'm okay with me and I want you to be happy too. It also has an element of, well, fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah. And, and I you're think, like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. That's what <laughs> resonates with me. Because I'm like, yeah, fuck you if you don't like it. Like, do what I want. I literally do what I want. At this point, she was getting some exciting opportunities and ended up touring with acts like Florence and the Machine, Haim, and Sleater Kinney. Yeah, Sleater Kinney. That yeah, makes sense. That makes I would sense. watch that show. Holy fuck, how did I miss that show? Because it was probably like Because I never knew about it. <laughs> That's how I missed it. 
She was feeling herself, not just as a diverse artist, but also as a feminist who had a message that she wanted to spread. And to help spread these messages, she incorporated a group of dancers who were a size 14 at a minimum called the big girls. Good. She wanted to flip the script. Instead of looking at a stage of bodies that are most most are unlikely to have, she wanted girls to see the women on stage and see themselves. To realize that they had the ability to do what they wanted now. They don't need to look a certain way. They don't need to wait till I'm a size whatever. It's like, no, are you whatever size you are now? And like it just are you thin? Yeah. Fine. Are you big? Fine. Yeah. Love who you are and now. And not just like quote unquote plus size people who just have big boobs and big hips but flat stomachs because that was the beginning of the body positivity movement and honestly kind of still is the body positivity are you talking talking about torrid (laughs) maybe maybe looking at you torrid and like also like fenty and like all these other brands are like we're body positive and i'm like maybe but like you are a certain body type positive Mm -hmm. as in big round hips big old titties tiny ass waist Mm -hmm. and a flat fucking stomach which approximately 0.00005 percent of people in this world actually possess and also no back rolls how do you not have back rolls rolls? like give me back rolls and then maybe i'll respect you give me a fucking pooch or a fupa at least i want to see fupas on these people give me that fupa yeah, seriously. Need it. <laughs> Bitches love fupa. I do love a good fupa. I love a good fupa. Oh, just like cradle in my hands. <laughs> and just in case anyone was worried, well, Lizzo knew she would have to bring back an old friend to truly showcase her uniqueness. <gasps> is Prince? No, Prince is dead at this point. <sighs> okay. Is it, is it a hologram of Prince? Yes. <laughs> no. It is the one and only... Sasha Flute. She was back <laughs> reporting for duty. Hell yes. Even better. Even better. I'm I I'm here for this return of Sasha oh. Flute. She was getting more time on more and more songs. It was the perfect way for Lizzo to put her unique stamp on Good. her music. Yes. And it really was something that ma- and it really is something that makes Lizzo stand out. Yeah. It's like, oh, this chick can sing. This chick can rap. But can she play the flute? Oh, fuck! She can play play the the flute! flute. Look at that! All right. Finding herself in not only a successful place, but for the first time in a long time, a secure one. She began to go to psychotherapy to work on her past trauma and learn to be vulnerable in her relationships with others. I know. This all came through in her writing. She spent 2016 to 2018 working on her next release, which when it finally came out in 2019... Mm. blew the world away indeed onto uh clearly an artist that y'all been fucking sleeping on yeah because i love you came out in april as lizzo's self-professed autobiography the first single juice was her first single to break into the billboard charts but it would pale in comparison to that year's summer jam truth hurts which not only reached number one for weeks but made her the third female rapper to top the charts without a featured artist and the first black solo r&b female to do it since rihanna did with diamonds in 2012 Mm. 
Which also goes to show it's like, yo, can we get some more black female rappers and like R&B ladies up in So is, is Truth Hurts the one where everybody was like, but this is the rap song that all the white ladies can get into. I have no idea. But like also, wild man great too. That gotta yes. be great. Woo! Yeah. I mean, I just Could've took a DNA a bad test. Bitch. Non-committal. Help you with your career. Just a little. You're supposed to hold me down and said you're holding me back. And there's a sound of me not calling you back. Yes, this is the song that even the <laughs> yes, white girls like. Indeed. We've proven that theory. But also... I'm sorry, Lizzo. But also... <laughs> hey, I knew juice before I knew all the words to truth hurts. That's fair. Um, I knew good as hell before I knew either of those. Me too. There we go. And I mean, yeah, that's all amazing for Lizzo. But I'd be willing to bet that's just gravy when you add it to the fact that she got to write a song with her hero, Missy Elliott. Oh, Tempo was another single released off the album that summer. She had a lot of bops out of that one. Yeah. But like, man, I think like her time with Prince, if she never does anything else, she got to work with fucking Missy Elliott. She yeah. just got to like introduce her star on the Hollywood like walk of fame and she just walks up and says you're welcome (laughs) we need to celebrate this woman more and i'm like i fucking love you lizzo yeah she's amazing yeah by september of that year because i love you was certified gold lizzo would be nominated for eight grammys not to mention awards for bet soul train people's choice among others in less than a year a woman that the underground was telling all of their friends to check out had finally become a household name. Mm-hmm. And not only were we hearing her songs on the radio, but she had a supporting role in the movie Hustlers in 2019. And the critics were quite favorable about her performance. This woman's the whole package. All right. Yeah. Let's just be admit. Let's just be honest. Now Homegirl is touring her new record, appearing at red carpet events like award shows and movie premieres. Treating her family to a life they struggled to even imagine. Like, everything is turning up. And then, COVID. Yeah. Yay. Hooray. Everybody loves COVID. Everybody loves COVID. It's a new sitcom. <sighs> Nobody watches it. <laughs> it got canceled. It didn't. It's actually... It did, everybody's it like, how is this still going? It's still going on, and we don't know how. We don't know why. But it's still here. It's because the worst people love it. Yeah. Are you talking about Sheldon? Young Sheldon? Is that what you're really talking about here? I'm t ta- I don't know what I'm talking about. That's I'm talking okay. about COVID. <laughs> I was just trying to make fun of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that's a terrible show. Yeah. This didn't stop Lizzo though. She still keeps up with entertaining TikToks and Instagram accounts. She still does interviews and most excitingly, she's still making music. Mm-hmm. This past year, she released a song with Cardi B called Rumors. All the rumors are true, yeah. Unfortunately for some fans, it was not about the love child between her and Chris Evans. No. Oh. I wouldn't have minded that. The song- that is one rumor that I really, really, really want to be true. Yeah. Lizzo and Chris Evans. Most beautiful child ever. Oh my God. Yeah. I hate children, but I want to see that child. Yeah. Our patrons are like, can you please stop talking about this? You talk about this on every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Oh, never. Never gonna. Because we want it. Mm. Who doesn't? Mm. This song is the beginning of the new era for Lizzo, where she calls out all the shit people have been flinging at her on the internet and giving it back, telling them that the haters... 
You can believe what you want. It's not going to stop her. It's just another way that she's changing the game. Because that's all Lizzo does. Is she changes the fucking game. She's like, nah, I'm big, black, beautiful. Go fuck yourself. Oh, do you think I fucked that person? Fine. You think I fucked that person? I don't give a shit. My smoothie cleanse and my diet. Honestly, the fucking smoothie cleanse bullshit. But anyway, I'll digress. Some think that Lizzo is an overnight success. But honestly, she has been working at this career for over 10 years And now I think you can see why this was not an easy journey. Yeah. And I mean, it still isn't. She deals with haters on a regular basis. Even fans criticize the things that she's done. Smoothie cleanse in her diet. Yeah. How dare she do a 10-day smoothie cleanse? How dare she? let, Let the woman live. It's COVID. We're all doing wild shit. It's fine. Yeah. With the help of therapy and a lot of crystals, she seems to be able to let it roll off her back, though. And when she doesn't, she's super candid and honest about it, too. Yeah. Which I think makes it... It just makes her more endearing. And she's a fucking human. And this girl isn't going out there and, like, hawking ridiculous shit like the fucking Kardashians are. Nope. She's not trying to sell people fucking waist trainers and diet pills. Nope. She's just like, I'm doing this fucking detox. It's just me. You do you. Yeah. You know? You do what you need to do to make yourself feel exactly. good. I'm going to do what makes but me feel at good. at the same time, she is also of our generation where... She is in her 30s now. Mm-hmm. Is she? she? Yeah, she's yeah, four she, years younger than us. Yeah, so she's in her 30s now, and she's like, I know my body. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I will tell you about it on social media. You don't have to pay attention. You can scroll. Right. That's the whole beauty of scrolling, man. Yeah. But her message is clearly something she wants to spread to everyone listening. In each of her shows, she has her audience recite with her, I love you, you're beautiful, you can do anything. She tells them to go home and repeat that to themselves. Do it while they look at it the mirror, look at themselves in the mirror, no matter how dumb that feels. Mm-hmm. And people have written to her and said, that's actually helped me. Mm-hmm. She wants people to be like, I love myself no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because the most important thing is that you love yourself. Yeah. And then you can love other people. Even looking beyond her positive messaging, her philanthropy, her activism, her impeccable social media presence, Lizzo is, at the end of the day, an artist and a storyteller. Since she was a child, she wove tales to tell and had the encouragement from her family to work towards her goals. And we're lucky that this woman is only at the beginning of her career. She has so much more creativity and kindness to put out into the world, and without even knowing what's next... It's still something we're all going to be really excited for. Because Lizzo isn't just someone we're rooting for. She's someone who is taking us on this journey with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, on my end, since like when I said I started hearing her in 2016. And like, I cannot in any certain terms express like how much Cause I Love You, the album, fucking means to me. Because 2019 was a fucking shit show. <laughs> and that album got me fucking through. I don't know if I would have made it. Like, I think that album, my dog and my friends were like the only three things that could get me through that fucking year. Yeah. So that like, was a, a tornado of shit of a year. Yeah. Um. But um, first of all, like, that album is just fucking amazing. It is perfect from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Yeah. And I am not the kind of person that is 
that can listen to like a straight up pop album yeah from beginning to end and enjoy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what you don't say no way um Is there, like a couple metal riffs on like, this somewhere i do like pop music but i am very much a singles person yeah like i like the singles and i am generally not willing to listen to a whole album I listen to that album and I listen to it a lot. Yeah. Because it is fan fucking tastic from start to finish. And I think a big part of that is that she's not just a typical pop artist. No. There is something deeper going on. I think she's pop in that she's popular, but I don't even like considering her pop. But she's kind of like, she's kind of a dark horse of pop. Yeah. Like, or like. I don't know somebody who is like in it but still on the fringes, because well, she's just so di- multi-dimensional. But her music is just so multi-layered, exactly, and and just deeper than regular pop music. That no matter who you are, no matter what level you're on, or like what your interests are, that can speak to you. Yeah, on some. In some way, you know, if we are all fucking books with layers and layers of pages, she's got that whole book written and at least a few of those pages can fit right into your book. Yes. So, like, she is just, she is a pop star for the people. She is the Princess Diana of pop music. Yeah, she really is. Lizzo is our Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. And I swear, if someone fucks with her, we are going to fucking <laughs> if someone, riot. someone Prince Charles is all over this bitch, we are going to fucking riot. Yeah, we really will. Like, fucking watch yourselves. Yeah. Do not be a Prince Charles. <laughs> but, like, whenever I watch her in interviews, I just am so charmed and enamored. And I feel a kindredship with her. Oh, yeah. Like, just, like, from her songs to even just, like, when she talks about, like, being into like yoga and crystals yeah. and stuff. And when she talks about her love for Chris Evans, which I totally understand. And like the psychotherapy, because it's like, I feel like I'm going through a lot of the same things as her yeah. in this, in the sense of like dealing with my bullshit. Yeah. But Lizzo, I can relate to so well. And I think another thing that is really in her favor is that she came up with social media. Right. And she learned how to express herself openly and candidly in a way to make us be like oh i trust you like i don't think you're hawking me bullshit yeah and i think that's the big difference with her and most other pop stars yeah and i'd like to think that there are a good chunk of other pop stars that are kind of trying to do the same things like i think cardi b's pretty honest and like oh yeah but i think like harry styles is pretty open but they're all of the same generation or a little bit younger. Exactly. Than us. And so, so I think that she is a good I'm hoping then that Lizzo is a good example of what pop stars might become. And I hope in the best ways too, where they have their own autonomy mm-hmm. and they don't have to feel like they need to portray this fake persona. Right. So I mean, and honestly, if like if Lizzo's a fucking sign of like how things are gonna change, that's awesome. I mean, think about it just too. Like, again, Comparing her with Sister Rosetta Tharp, I mean, she says in rumors, black people made rock and roll. Yeah, they, they did. did. And she's Absolutely. coming out and telling you that. And she's like, not only am I going to take rock and roll, I'm going to take rap. I'm going to take hip hop. I'm going to take pop. I'm going to take all this shit. And I'm going to make it amazing. Yeah. And you're going to fucking love it. And I'm a black woman and I'm proud of it. 
Yeah. You're going to love it. And that's, I hope this is just a continuing upward slope for us because I will be chuffed as puffs if this is where music is going. Yeah. I am absolutely okay with this. Yes. But yes, yeah, so that's my big story on Lizzo. <laughs> it actually went a lot longer than I thought it would. That's good. Yeah, I fucking did there's it. A, there is a lot to put together. There really was. This guys. was a jigsaw puzzle of a story. This but was you like did a it. saw movie of a wait. <laughs> <laughs> Except in the end, like you got to live and it was great. Yeah. Except <laughs> instead of like, yeah, you died. Womp, womp. It was like do you want to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Try to make sense of this entire timeline of Lizzo's story. Here are all of these YouTube videos and all of these articles. (laughs) Make sense of it. And you're like, got it. I think. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, But I loved it, too. And, like, it only made me love her more. And, like, now I'm just trying to put out in the universe that, like, maybe Lizzo will say hi to me one day. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe she'll wave at you at a show someday. she fucking, like, just says, Hi, I'll be like, oh my god, this is an anime. <laughs> like, like her dream of just meeting Prince, I have the dream of meeting Lizzo, and I know it will go no farther than that. So it's, I have absolutely no goals to go farther than that. It's gonna end up being at like a Dunkin' Donuts in upstate New York somewhere, and Please. we're just gonna be like, Please, can, can I buy you a chocolate donut? And she'd be like, I can buy you a chocolate donut. <laughs> She's that. I think you need a chocolate donut. She's that nice. She'd be like, do you do you need a coffee or something? No, you don't need a coffee. I'm like, yes, my fupa's hungry. <laughs> I guess my fupa's hungry. Need to feed that fupa. Yeah, feed the fupa. I do, though. <laughs> Oh, man. Feed the fupa. Well, thank Here you we all go. so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that story and hope like y'all learned a lot. I mean, this is yeah. a new artist, and I think there's not, like, you know, but little also, nuggets gonna, of her story. We're going to say it. This is probably the most comprehensive history of Lizzo out there. I'm hoping. Honestly, so, like, I was thinking about this last night. I think Lizzo's my new Freddie Mercury. No. Because Freddie Mercury's been my Freddie Mercury for, like... Ever? Like, 20 years. But I think, like, Lizzo... I mean, Freddie Mercury's always going to be my Freddie Mercury, but I think Lizzo's, like... I think my Patronus is kind of molding into Lizzo now. (laughs) All right. Wow. I just want to be. I'm still waiting for somebody to be my new Stevie Nicks, and it hasn't happened yet. You don't need a new Stevie Nicks. I don't need a new one, but I mean, if you're just curious who's going to be the next, I'm I'm curious who's going to try it and pull it off. There you go. Well, anyway, again, thank you all for listening. If you are new here and picking up what we're putting down, go to our website, rockcandypodcast.com, and you can find more episodes. Check out our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, Lizzo quit Twitter, and I don't blame her. Twitter sucks. Yeah, Twitter's fucking awful. But also, you can buy, like, our stuff. Yeah, on TeePublic. Um, you can go to TeePublic and search for Rock Candy Podcast. You can find some really cool stuff there. Yeah. And you can buy it from us. Yeah. And you can wear it and it'll be great. Yeah. And feel free to take pictures and show us pictures of you wearing it. And we'll smile. I'm like, that's sweet. I love it. Look Indeed. at you. You're so cute. But also, dun, 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 special announcements. <laughs> Not telling it to you right now. No. It's going to be in a separate thing. That yeah. is going to be coming later this week like in a couple days yeah in a couple days so please stay tuned to a very special announcement it's going to come out to patreon people first because you know y'all pay for that good good content 
you pay for the first content. Yeah. <laughs> it's like first contact. Yeah. And then it I will, am the Borg. And probably the next day. It'll come out to everybody else. Yeah. So it'll so be in a couple days. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to that. It is very important. We want everybody to hear it. Yeah. So please listen to that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for next week where we talk about oh. more white people. Ashley's favorite topic, white people. White people. But uh, <laughs> Hold uh, on. arguably these are like the best white people i'd say this is gold star white people gold star white people in in like a good sense oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. good gold stars in a good in a very good sense <laughs> like <laughs> if we're gonna talk about white men i want to talk about these white men because yeah. they are top-notch dudes and i'm, I'm so excited to i'm this excited story. about this story because it is it's just gonna be the nicest fucking time you ever yeah. had yeah we're just trying to give you all nice times now seriously have a nice time yeah so right. i'm excited so until next time party on ashley party on maggie and party on you crazy kids out there hey maggie yeah how you feeling feeling good as hell <laughs> and have a nice time until next time